I know that Christmas is really a wonderful time of year. It really is for every one of us. But if you really, really want to know what the Christmas blessing really is, I want you to come with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. This really is the Christmas blessing. It is the Christmas blessing to you. I have it on a slide here. For those who didn't bring their Bible today, you can read it. Sorry about the low wattage of that projector, but it's just a replacement. Now the one's blown up. It'll be fixed in shortly. The Bible says in Isaiah, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Can you read that out with me right now from the slide? Here we go. One, two, three. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I want you to say out loud with me this morning, unto us a child is born. I want you to get this, that unto you a child is born. 2,000 years ago, a child was born that he might be born today in you. He was born for you that he might be born in you. The fact is, Jesus himself said, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born first of water and the Spirit. I pray today that you would Give thanks to God because he birthed you by his spirit, amen, into his everlasting kingdom. This kingdom is phenomenal. I'm so glad that I'm walking in relationship with God, aren't you? This kingdom is incredible. We just, we just, you know, don't get used to it. Don't take it for granted. The kingdom of God, walking in relationship with God, having that peace and joy in your heart is a phenomenal thing. And we need to be constantly refreshed in that thought, that it just doesn't come by the will of man, but it came by the will of God. That he purposed for us to be birthed into it. And anything that matters to God is actually born. He doesn't accept a sacrifice. He didn't accept um, uh, the sacrifice from Cain, but he accepted the sacrifice from Abel because it was birthed in the womb. God loves those things that are born. And he loves it when we are born into his kingdom. Amen. Someone say amen. amen. Now say out loud with me the scripture again. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. You know, it's important that we see that Christmas is not just about the birth and a baby, but it also represents the role that Jesus modeled for us, which is the upward progression of a life and purpose in his kingdom. You see, God's plan for us was shown through the, Jesus coming as a child, but he, doesn't, he didn't remain as a child. He brought you into the kingdom in a way that you become dependent upon him. And as a child, we cannot come into his kingdom unless we come as a child. But he says, that's not where you stay. I want to develop you. I want to grow you. I want, to, not you, I want you not just to be a receiver but I want you to be a reproducer. So he says, unto us is not only a child given, but unto us a son is given. 
He wants you to grow into sonship and daughtership with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus did that. He grew in favor and wisdom among people and with God. So God never leaves you at that stage. And and, and he he wants you to be uh, adult in your walk with him so that you can be a reproducer of his blessings. So firstly, say out loud with me again today. For unto us a child is born. Say unto us a son is given. And out loud with me. And the government shall rest upon his shoulder. There are three stages, just like there's three in the Trinity. Three stages. The, next, the final stage of our Christian walk that Jesus modeled was not just as a child, not just now as a son, but also someone who lives, who rules and reigns in life, able to govern their life. Someone who has rule and control over their own spirit and consequently rule and control over situations and circumstances that happen. Because if you can rule yourself, you can rule over anything that happens. And his government or his kingdom contains all those attributes that you need to rule and reign in life. And that's why they named Jesus these things because he, he role modeled this for us. He, he, these are the attributes you need in life to rule and reign. You need to have a wonderful counselor. You need to have a mighty God. You need to have an everlasting father and you need to have the Prince of Peace. You need counsel. You need power. You need an everlasting, eternal future. And you need peace in your life. If you are called to rule and reign. And I am. My wife, give her a hand clap. She comes now to talk about the wonderful counselor. Come on, hon. Love how... um there's a description for every one of those roles. You know, it's not just counselor. It's wonderful counselor. There's a mighty God. There's an everlasting father. And there's a prince of peace. So in some versions, actually, um, they separate wonderful and counselor. And they say, you know, his name shall be called wonderful. So I just want to camp around that word for a minute. What, what does wonderful mean to you? I guess if we were to unpackage, we we would say wonderful means filled with wonder. And when I think about Mary, she um, was filled with wonder. It was kind of like a pensive wondering. It was a wondering. She was thinking and going, mulling over the things in her heart that the angel had told her. There are aspects of a wonder where we don't understand. You know, there are things about, about the Lord that we just don't understand but we wonder about we think about we ponder we meditate so he's wonderful but there's also things about the lord that are just wondrous they're the wow things of god they're they're the things that you are astounded by things in his word things that he does in your life the way the way he's dealt with your life the way he's blessed you those are the wow things those are also the things of wonder it says his name shall be called wonderful today as you're just thinking about um the savior and what he means to you I, sometimes we just don't understand it we, we don't understand well why a baby and and, and why a death on a cross Today, that's, that's who he is to us. He, he doesn't come with all the intellectual answers and, and satisfy everything. He leaves us with a longing and a yearning in our heart just to sit back and go, well, wow, I don't understand. I wonder, but 
wow, you are a wonderful counsellor. Now, counsellor, in the Bible, um, the Holy Spirit is referred to as a counsellor. And it, the, the Holy Spirit is referred to as being ever-present with us. He walks with us. He's our comforter. He's our guide. He, he's with us. So when we think of counselling, we think of going, you know, sitting behind a desk and, and somebody's asking us tricky questions to get us to uh, reveal our hearts and find our own solutions, right? When you go for counselling, that's the modern modern technique. Not they tell you stuff, how to live your life, but they actually ask you questions so that you can find your own solutions to your life. But that's not the counsellor that Jesus is to us. He's a wonderful counsellor. The things that he reveals to us are going to cause us to think, wonder, and they're going to cause us to wonder like, wow. When he um, he says um, that he's Emmanuel, God with us, He's with us because he's our counsellor that's with us. And you think about it. Um, he was with um, Daniel in the lion's den, right? We know the story. He was there and he caused a, a wow, a wonder when he shut the lion's mouth and he wasn't devoured by lions. He was with the three in the fiery furnace. And that was a, that was a wow when they came out of the furnace and they didn't even have smoke on their, on their clothing. They didn't have the smell of smoke. They weren't consumed. He was with the disciples in the boat when they were, you know, in a storm. He was with them and he brought peace to them. But, you know, as I I think about how he is a wonderful counsellor, he was with Mary with her questions. He was a wonderful counsellor to her. He gave the counsel of having faith in what the angel said that it would come true. And she just, her response, her response, and our response to a wonderful counsellor is, be it unto you, Lord, according to your word. Thank you, honey. So, unto us, the blessing of Christmas is that unto us has been given a wonderful counselor. That wonderful counselor is with you. He's the Spirit of God. Wherever you need him, however you, if you draw on his power, he will be with you. And he'll cause you to rule and reign in life. Secondly, The blessing of Christmas is that unto us has been given a mighty God. Everyone say, mighty God. I'm talking about a mighty God. Yeah? Because apart from any testimony about Jesus, and even his own testimony about himself, what witnessed to the mightiness of God was that Jesus was able to perform miracles. He was mighty in love. He was mighty in grace. He was mighty in power. And he was mighty in miracles. And that same miracle Savior has been given to us in our situation. If we call upon him, we have access to a mighty God through our relationship with Jesus Christ. God is mighty and he sent his son with signs following to show that he is our mighty deliverer and our mighty Savior. The Bible says the people were so amazed about Jesus about Jesus and his might that he, uh, they asked him, where does he get all his wisdom and where does he get all his power to work miracles? They said, sir, we know you are sent to teach us. You could not work these miracles unless God sent you. And the people, Bible says, began to shout, sing, and even praise the Lord and say, because of the wonderful miracles they had begun to see. And in Jesus, and Jesus in John 5, 56, 36 says, in all my teachings and my miracles... You can see the work the Father gave me to accomplish. 
And they proved that God the Father sent me. You may be thinking today that that God or Jesus isn't so mighty in your world. It's actually the mountains that you're facing right now are mighty. The problems, the dilemmas, the obstacles, the roadblocks to your future, the things that you've dragged from the past, they're what's mighty in your world. But I want to tell you, He is the mighty one. Unto you today has been given not only a wonderful counselor, but a mighty God. He is mighty because He's our mighty Savior. He's powerful and mighty to deal with the pressures in life. He's mighty and powerful to deal with your problems. He's mighty and powerful to deal with any storm that you face. Can somebody say amen? He's powerful not just on the outside of you. If you receive Jesus as your Lord today, He'll be powerful on the inside of you. And the Bible declares that when you have Jesus on the inside of you, no matter how mighty that mountain seems, you can tell that mountain, back off, back up, be cast into the sea, because my God on the inside of me is stronger than that thing. And today we're going to declare a blessing over your life that that you're going to receive supernaturally the power of God into your world on the inside of you, not just on the outside of you. Jesus said, no weapon that's formed, again, again, designed against you, has a chance to succeed. And even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because the mighty Savior is in you. He is mighty. You know, I know, if you're going through a raging storm right now, I want to tell you that that only just proceeds a mighty intervention from a mighty God. And the good news is that no matter what you're facing, no matter what storm is brewing, there is a mighty God willing to be with you today. Are you making room for a mighty God? How about the next one, an everlasting Father? Come on, honey. Yeah, those two words sometimes are an oxymoron to us, everlasting Father, because I know many of us have different experiences with, with a father. For some, some of us had a dad, like I had a great dad, uh, but 14 years ago, he died. He's not everlasting. Some of us didn't have a dad even from after conception that there was no dad. Some of us have had fathers who have been anything but everlasting. They They haven't stuck with us. They haven't been that. But God says he's an everlasting father. And I, I think, you know, back to, you know, unto us a child is born. When Christ is born in our hearts, there are things that are deposited in our hearts that are eternal and everlasting. My own dad... He, he left me with a deposit of, of some kind of quirkiness, I guess. Some of his genetics are in me and I uh, have a similar sense of humor to him. I can laugh at, at misfortune just like he could. Uh, I have uh, some of his sense of humor. I have some of his craftsmanship. There is something everlasting about my dad that he did leave with me. But the powerful thing about our Jesus is he said his name is called Everlasting Father. So he didn't just stay at sonship stage. He, he actually becomes a father who deposits into our lives mm. things that are everlasting. And he, as a father, he never fails us. He can't possibly. It's out of his character. He's an everlasting father. He's not just your father today. He's an everlasting father. He doesn't compare with any earthly father whatsoever. He's far, he's, he transcends. He goes above and further than your concept of what a dad should be. He's an everlasting father. You're an outstanding preacher, honey. Ah, oh, unbelievable. Love it. 
you know, born for you this day is a Savior, Christ. But he is going to be for you a wonderful counselor and a mighty God. My God, if he can bring Elijah provision in the drought, in the famine, through birds bringing him supplies, amazing miracle. If he can raise a four-day dead Lazarus from the grave and call him to life, he is a mighty God and he'll be mighty. Unto you is not only a wonderful counsel, a mighty God, and also unto us today is born a, an everlasting Father. An everlasting, you'll never be alone. But he says today, the blessing of Christmas to you is that he is your prince of peace. You think the thing that most people want in San Francisco and the nation of the U.S. is not more stuff? Yeah, we want more stuff, but we've got plenty of stuff. It's the peace for the trouble inside. It's peace for the turmoil inside. And you can't have that peace unless you know the Prince of Peace. We find peace sometimes in a pill, in a bottle, in an escape, in a trip. But the cause of that unrest, the cause of the buildup of regret in our life, the buildup of trouble from hurts, the buildup of trouble from fears, the, the, the buildup of, of unrest because of uncertainty of our future, never, never goes away. Because there is an, a spiritual activator of that and the Bible says that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities. Everyone say principalities. Principalities and powers, dark forces. And if we're fighting against principalities, that's why we need a prince of peace. Those principalities, they are designed not just to steal from you, to kill, from, to kill things off your life, to rob from you. They're designed to trouble you and to live in the land of regret, to live in the land of fear and apprehension, to live in the land of turmoil and stress and cause you to put your trust in everything else but God. But today, the greatest present that you can, that you can unwrap is the Savior, the Prince of Peace. Royal. He is a warrior prince. A warrior. He is strong and mighty if we put our trust in him and receive him into our life as counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You will go today into your new season totally unwrapping the blessing of Christmas in your life. Not just for today, but tomorrow, in the month of January, February through to June and December. Can someone say amen? And you'll look back this time next Christmas and you'll say, my God, I received something on that Christmas day in 2011. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Why does the band come back? I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to get ready and I want you to open your heart to a Christmas blessing. Like I said before, a blessing is not received or given until it's spoken and it's not received until you hear those words supernaturally and receive those words supernaturally into your life. I want you to get ready to receive this blessing. I have a blessing. I want you to think about it. I don't want you just to let these words pass you by. When Jesus spoke words, 
They didn't just fall to the ground. They, they were accompanied with power. They brought life. They set people free. They gave people hope. But you have to be in a position to receive. I now want you to close your eyes. Everyone in this place, close your eyes. Open your ears today to hear. Open your heart today for what I am about to speak are the words of God, not my words, but the words of God. I want you to receive them because they're going to bring life to you. They're going to bring counsel. They're going to bring an eternal perspective to you. They're going to bring our mighty God to you. They're going to bring peace to you. But Deuteronomy, God says, all these blessings that I'm about to proclaim are going to accompany you as you obey the Lord your God. For this is what the Lord says, that He will open the heavens and the storehouse of His bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. Can someone say amen? God says, you will lend to many, but will borrow from none. You will be blessed in the city and you'll be blessed in the country. You'll be blessed when you come in and you'll be blessed when you go out. Who's saying this? This is the Lord that says it. You shall receive if you obey. For the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, your livestock, your crops. He will send blessings on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. And He'll bless you right now in the place that you are living. For God says in John 6, For he who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never go thirsty. For God, our God, is able to make all grace abound to you. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every great work. Now, God says, as you worship me, as you worship the Lord your God, His blessing will come on your drink and on your food. He will take away sickness from you. Right now, if there's anybody in this place that has a friend that's suffering from sickness, if you're suffering from infirmity or a sickness or a condition, right now, open your heart up. Lift up your hand right now. I want you to receive this word. God says His blessing will be upon you and He will take away sickness from among you. And none of you will miscarry or be barren in your land. He will give you a full lifespan. So give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It will all be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you, says the Lord. So if you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, see if I not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't even have enough room for it. For those right now that are struggling with opposition and challenge and even enemies around you, receive this blessing. For the Lord says, I will be an enemy to your enemies. And I will oppose those who oppose you. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. They will be as nothing and they will perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage wage war against you will be as nothing as all. Nothing at all. Even in your old age, I am he who will sustain you. For I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. 
For how great is the goodness of God that He's stored up for you. I want you to say these promises out loud with me, after me right now. For you, Lord, are my shield of victory. Your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. For you make me the head and not the tail. You'll grant that the enemies who rise up against me will be defeated before me. They may come at me from one direction, but they will flee in seven directions. If I obey the commands of the Lord, I will always be at the top. I will be the top dog, never the bottom dog. For the Lord will make me prosperous in all the work of my hands. If I turn to him with my whole heart. Now listen to this. Don't repeat this. The Bible says this is not a difficult thing for the Lord. If you turn to him with your whole heart, the commands and the blessing he's given to you today is not too difficult for you. It is not beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven, nor is it beyond the sea. No, his word of blessing is right with you now. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart. Now, so that you may obey me, says the Lord. See, I set a choice before you this day. Life and prosperity or death and destruction. If you will love the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering. Someone say amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise today? Amen. Now I want everyone to close their eyes, lift up their hands. I want you to receive this blessing. I'm going to sum all that up into one paragraph. I want you to receive it by faith. Something supernatural is going to happen right now as we transfer these words by the Spirit into your spirit. My God, these are not just words. This is life. This is promise. This is God's blessing. Right now, in Jesus' name, I want you to receive.